0: Live! Something cool that has
1: caught our attention. It's JTM. Welcome, everybody. Let's dive right in. Oh, you're lucky that you gave me that run sheet. (laughs) I got it back in time.
2: I just need to check. I made some notes on it. I might have written it, but it was hours ago that I wrote it.
1: Okay. Hi, JH. Hey, (laughs) Sian. All right. So we're going to be talking about auction versus private treaty today.
2: Yes, we are.
1: So are, are you ready?
2: Oh, I love auction versus private treaty arguments.
1: Well, you can in introduce me to them.
2: I will. It's always a hot topic. <laughs> and then we're gonna gonna going upset to be going to of people. <laughs> we Usual are, story.
1: you? What?
2: I know, right? Huh? Saying something I shouldn't.
1: <laughs> and then we're going to go into koji aged food. <clears throat>
2: koji aged steak. Oh, I wish I had some in the fridge right now, so that we could finish this and go and oh, it'd be so good. All right.
1: Anyway. So let's hear something from our sponsors while you just sit there and, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: Ready to sell your home? Don't make the rookie mistake of jumping in blind. The first step on your journey is critical. Research. You need to know what your house is really worth to get the best deal. And that's where checkmyhouseprice.com.au comes in. With a free house price report, you'll get all the juicy market intel, recent sales data, and other must-have info to help you win big when selling your home. Don't gamble on your home's worth. Make checkmyhouseprice.com.au the first step in your successful selling journey. Visit us today and get your free house price report.
1: Okay, I'm going to say something. You'll just be like, oh, Uh -oh. what? Uh Uh-oh. When you sell with auction, Mm -hmm. there's always money left on the table still.
2: Oh, look at you being controversial. Oh, straight (laughs) out of the gate. Yeah. So now all the auctioneers can hate you instead of me.
1: No, because you taught me that.
2: Oh damn! <laughs> there was that double decker pass at high speed once again. <laughs> Look, it never used to be the case, right? It auction was a fantastic way of in in the past of um, you know getting the market to set the price of the property.
1: Isn't auction just a different type of? bartering. No, I wouldn't say that. Like it's a competitive
2: environment, right? And that was the main benefit of auctions is that you could create this competitive environment where people were, and the market was actively competing to purchase the property. And therefore the market would set the price. Mm. That's at least the narrative that has been in place for quite some time. Like I, it's been, I was, I, I first got my real estate license back in 2009, late 2009, right? Old. Quite down. Quite Quite from the cheap seats. So even back then, we were being taught that it was about creating competition. You go to auction to create competition, everything like that. But there's this huge, glaring problem that nobody really talks about, even though with a little bit of thinking, it becomes obvious when you start reading the stats around auction. Right. And and I'm not talking about the clearance rates, because the clearance rates can be misinterpreted because you go, oh, 79% clearance rate. Yeah, great, that's huge. Like Yeah, but 8%. how
1: how many of them had there been in that particular area?
2: Hold up, that's the point. In twenty twenty one, I believe it was CoreLogic, but there was there was uh, a website that reported that thirteen point X or something percent of properties that sold sold by auction. So if you take into account the entirety of the Australian real estate market.
1: Which is quite significant. Look, it,
2: it fluctuates between 400,000 So it's not just 600, residential, 600, it's also... No, no, I'm talking residential. I'm talking right, residential, okay. right. But 400,000, 600,000 properties is the general sort of, you know, number of properties that changes hand every year, roughly, it, depending That's on the really market. That's really not a lot. It's about 5% because we've we've got roughly about 10 million 10 million and change worth of properties worth of dwellings in this country mm. um, so and and if you work on basically 5% change hands every 12 months um, you'll always be within the ballpark
1: yeah but even 13% of that amount
2: bingo and that is not, the glaring problem lot. right how can
1: i think that in itself would actually such a
2: portion of the market actually determine market value and how can you get the best possible price for the property if you're selling it? If you're cutting out a huge portion of the market because auctions are generally unconditional. When the hammer falls, you pay a deposit, you bought it. There's no cooling off period, and unless negotiated prior, which and there's you don't a lot of people that don't like often. buying
1: like it, even though they can, they can. Yeah, people buy don't like it. So, that. so that's it because they don't want to be standing there where everyone can see as to how much money they have. Which is another very Australian thing. We don't like people knowing our financial situation.
2: 100%, right? So this auction versus private treaty argument, the one of the arguments that auctioneers and auction agents would make prior to, to where I'm about to go in terms of technology development and so forth was that, well, auction's just, it's like a marketing funnel in a way. We, we filter through all the people. If it doesn't sell on the day, we set the reserve at a price. If it doesn't get over reserve, doesn't sell on the day, then the highest bidder on the day is the person who they've earned the right to be the first to negotiate, right? Have first first choice in negotiation or, or um, what's the word? Presence, whatever. I, my brain's not working in terms of the word but And
1: you're asking me to yeah,
2: help. I know right. <laughs> I know. But like they've they got first bite, right? Yeah. They're first cap off the rank to negotiate. Um, and so therefore it's just a it's a it's it's a funnel process. Right, and then we sell after auction because then we go into private treaty negotiation. But we use the auction to really filter out all of the dregs and the the tire kickers and everything like that. Hold on,
1: isn't that what an EOI does? No, no, doesn't that it doesn't give them first, you know, first rank? But does not that not actually give no? Because remember, some ex- expression
2: sort of, of interest is, is almost like a tender process, a blind tender process. Like it's it's you you just go, you know what? I'd be willing to pay this. Like it it filters in a similar way. Um, yeah, that's what I'm without, talking about, uh, the, like it, the it, filtering. It filters, it filters them, but it's not like not the theatrical. Because you can sell at auction. If you set that reserve and that reserve gets exceeded, you're selling at auction. And that's that's probably the major difference, whereas an EOI is so they're, they're closed office.
1: Even if the person, like I know that you've just said it and you're like, it, it, it sells. But say if it's only over the reserve by, let's say, $5,000. Because it can happen. So, so the... Seller is then obligated, even if they're like, no, that's not enough.
2: Oh, good question. I believe they are. <laughs> well, I mean, put it this way: the look at the,
1: me putting all the hard The, the minute, to the, minute to the, you. the
2: contract signed, it's done.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. There can be obviously back and th- and forth before the contract signed. Once the contract signed, that's it. It's done. Yeah. Right. But there's no cooling off period. It is very much buyer beware. Yeah. And with when when you compare that to private treaty, it has had its place compared to private treaty for some time yeah right because if you can't place a price on a property because it's unique or you know there's certain things or maybe the owners are like well let's test the market you know it's harder to do that private treaty particular because you can't create the competitive environment in private treaty negotiation where the market sets the price yeah right you can negotiate as an agent and you can apply pressure and tactics and everything like that but that doesn't mean it's going to value up if the valuer has to come in. Yeah. A valuer typically doesn't have to come in with an auction because a the market set the price and in the majority of cases it's unconditional.
3: Yeah.
2: Right. So it's it's considered a cash buyer of sorts essentially. But I I don't think auctions are long for this world in real estate.
1: <gasps> I only do that because I know that there'll be many of people that are just like. Ugh, I used to have respect for JH, but he's just gone and shut in that nest. <laughs> <laughs> Luke,
2: I mean, clearly you're new to this. Where, where, what, what are we, so This is episode 17. Plus, there's been two or three special episodes. If I haven't shut in that nest already, I mean, and th- that's that's really on you. But or you haven't been listening that long. But hear me out. No, the the major. <laughs> <laughs> if I want commentary from the peanut gallery, I'll throw elephants. <laughs> If you want to create competition, and that's why you're going to auction, you are often cutting out a huge portion of your buying market, mm. right? Because only 13% of property sold at auction.
1: Mm.
2: Most buyers, the vast majority of buyers are conditional buyers, right? Yeah. Because they've got to have finance clauses, building and pest and spending, all this, and yes, they can do building and pest before the auction, stuff like that, but there's still that finance clause or that subject to sale clause or yeah. any of a dozen other clauses that they can't really put in play at auction unless it's negotiated prior and that doesn't happen too often mm. right so you go private treaty because it opens up that whole market but if you go private treaty it's a lot harder or it used to be a lot harder to generate that competition because the way that a private treaty negotiation has to happen or had to happen in the past if you had multiple um, potential buyers is you give a multi-offer form. Yep. So you slide a multi-offer form across, and it's, hey, submit your best and final offer, and the sellers will select. Now, that's not going to determine the highest price mm. or the best offer. Because mm. yeah. everyone, we've talked about it many times. And we've had Nathan Simon on the, par- on the podcast talking about, um, you know, Jess and Aidan Hogan from The Block, their sale, and, you know, how Nathan also missed out on a property when in this multi-offer situation.
1: So Wasn't it like $500? $500 he missed <laughs> out on buying. Like, how... how like and that working. happened to a real estate agent. No, so any, exactly. so anyone going, oh, you know, it's real estate and, agents. And if you remember, this was like a real estate if, agent if, going, I missed out on a house yeah, by five hundred dollars. So it
2: happens to everyone. But if if you remember too, one of the things that Nathan said, because I put him on the spot, and he said that when they said, put your best and final forward. For him, it became about what's the least amount of money I think I can secure this property yeah. for, as opposed to what do I have to do to secure this property? Yeah, what do I have to pay, and he had an extra twenty grand in the back pocket that yeah. he could have gone right. So, uh, private treaty has its flaws too. Yes, where I think auctions are potentially going to fall by the wayside in the majority of cases. Yeah, for all bar the most sort of unique and elite and properties where you, your buyer is only going to be a cash buyer. Yeah, is. Because of the advent of digital offers. Digital offers can create the competition of an auction mm. with the conditional offer capability of a private treaty. Yeah. So you can combine and actually have 100% of the market competing for your property and therefore determining a fair and equal price mm. as opposed to auction where you can only have unconditional buyers or private treaty where you, you struggle to create competition ethically and legally. Yeah. Yeah. And digital offers bring that transparency. Yeah, well, allowing, it's all there
1: on your screen.
2: Well, it's all there on your screen um, while also allowing conditional offers to be made. And the seller gets to choose which um, which offer they want, not just the highest. Because the highest might have like conditions on it that don't suit. Mm. So they might take one that's 5, 10, 20, 30. Or I've seen one taken that's 60 grand lower, right? That was nearly 10% lower, and, but they did it because it's... It was a better offer in terms of the whole offer structure and yeah. of conditions. Well,
1: sometimes you just want to do it so that you know yeah. you can move out. It need, it's a you know quick sale essentially is what they're wanting to Absolutely. do. Absolutely.
2: And and I think the key stat for that and the reason that I'm saying that and I'm you know ruffling a few feathers ninety three percent of offers so far made on market buy mm. keep you in mind market buy can do auction it can do private treaty the whole work. so across the board ninety three percent of offers were conditional. Yeah. So 93% of buyers put conditions on their offer. So what which were they the other 7%? Auction, are unconditional or unknown as in we didn't they, they didn't we weren't recording that information at the time the offer was made.
1: Right. Okay. Cuz yeah. I know that there would be people going, okay, give us some more. What happened to that other 7%? Well, they were but, unconditional yep, offers or yep.
2: unknown. Yep. Yeah.
1: We don't want to be like the government with the 26,000 dwellings that have just gone
2: No, no, we we know where those offers are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so my answer would be to to actually go digital offer platform like market buy um and and use it to like you have an agent who does use it and is effective at generating the competition much like what you'd get in an auction environment uh but bringing in conditional buyers and giving the transparency and the opportunity to select the best offer not just the highest and uh, for the seller
1: and can you ask that agent if you can see as to their previous yeah like, I was well, going to say if purchases no they're but not if, if, they're, it. <laughs> if they're using
2: digital offers um, then absolutely they, they will have like sales activity reports from their previous yeah. sales and everything. so you'll be able to actually seal that and and put them on the spot which yeah. it's a fantastic way like digital offers because we're able to track everything digitally Yeah. Um, in, in this day and age digital offers are, are a fantastic way of actually being able to vet your agent because you can actually see inside the sale and what they have actually, actually done, done.
0: It's in a not, transparent fashion, yeah, it's it, not
2: just "I'm the greatest in the world." Yeah, you know, you should trust me on that. It's here's the evidence. Yeah, and that's that's another reason I love it. So in in the debate of you know private treaty versus auction, uh, I think that debate's dead. In 2023, that debate's dead because the answer is why not both? Yeah, taco it. Let's have a little bit of both. Let's take the best from both and let's put it into a digital offer platform.
1: Did you just say taco it? I said taco it. <laughs> Didn't remember the ad? No.
2: Soft soft shell tacos versus hard shell tacos,
1: and the little girls like. Why don't we just have both? All right. Okay. Taco it. <laughs> and on that note, let's go to the JTM. The JTM to lead us to a JTM. Let's see which
0: rabbit holes we're going down in this This week's moment.
1: You and food. <laughs> I love food. Can you tell? That was my belly <laughs> for anyone watching the video. <laughs> with sound. <laughs> my belly's got sound effects. <laughs> oh.
2: Hey, this is a power belly. This belly's pulled ambulances. Okay, well, can we talk about has, steak? We can talk about steak. Koji Age Steak. So. This is... This let's
1: is, go back to the beginning where you found... All right. And then you can talk about what right. is...
2: Okay. So we're down in Tasmania and we've just done, a, you know, signed a new deal, signed a new contract or something to that effect um, for, I think it was check uh, I think from so, mainland. yeah. And we're like, let's go out to celebrate. Where's a nice restaurant in, in Launceston? Mm-hmm. And we found Stillwater. Yeah. Uh, beautiful there. It's kind of like, it's on the river, but right... Or just down from where the Cataract Gorge flows into the Tamar, I think. It's Is that op- right?
1: I think it's pretty much opposite Penny Royal. Penny Royal,
2: right? That's it. Beautiful location. Yeah. Fantastic fine dining kind of thing. We're like, All right, let's go. So yourself and I and, and your sister, uh, my sister-in-law, your sister, Paigey went down to Stillwater, and Paigey and I couldn't decide what to eat. Right, and there's this koji-aged ribeye. Uh, on the menu, and I'm I've got no idea what koji is. K O J I. I'm thinking I know what Kobe is. Is it kind of like Kobe Wagyu that kind of deal? Like, is it a brand of cow kind of deal? You know, with it. And Paige goes, "Screw it! I'm just going to have the koji aged ribeye." And I went, "Yeah, I'll do the same." And I kind of wasn't expecting anything other than it was going to be a well done steak because of the the type of restaurant we were at.
1: I think also, wasn't it when you I, sorry, that... Sorry, hang on, hold up. When I say well done, I
2: don't mean well done. I mean as in it was going to be beautifully prepared. And cooked. I
1: know that... Was it you or Paige it who had Kate. actually asked for it to be medium rare yeah. and they were just like, uh... So
2: they, they looked at her and they're like, uh... It, it it's actually it's, it's typically served sort of rare to medium yeah. rareish. Like, we don't want to do it much more than that. Yeah, because um, of
1: the ageing process. Because of the ageing
2: process. It could ruin the meat. It's It's... Just trust us. And we kind of went, yeah, of course, no worries. We'll try, it. like, you know, we'll, we'll eat it blue, but we just prefer medium rare, you know. And um, so they've brought it out. And there's these beautiful round medallions that are perfectly cooked to sort of rare to medium rare, like right on that borderline. And taking that first bite, and this meat has just literally melted to butter in my mouth. And the flavors of it were incredible. Like it was, it had that beautiful, sort of Moorish, salty, truffly. They wouldn't even let me have any. No, we didn't. We refused to. But you've had plenty since because I then went and learned how to cook it. You've
1: still had one more than me.
2: (laughs) But this, it was just incredible. Like the only time I'd had steak this good had been in Vegas when yes. we were celebrating a, a win. And I mean, that was that was a seven hundred dollar US dinner. Like it was mental that dinner. Mm. And so here we are in Launceston and this steak has just transported me to I can't even
1: flame. remember what I had. Was I, it lamb? I think it may think have it, been it, lamb. Maybe, maybe. All I know is that you and Paige were sitting there, and I'm trying to get an answer out of the both of you. And you yeah, were we like, "We were talking. We, we, were, we were in a happy place.
2: There was yeah. Like we, we were and I'm like, "Is place.
1: either one of you going to talk to me?" And they were like, Mm-mm. <laughs>
2: "It it was. There was no talking. It, Literally, the, the best of way of getting line, him to line, shut up. <laughs> yeah, just put food in my mouth. The, 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 without crossing the line, like late, it was orgasmic. It was a food orgasm in your mouth. It was incredible." Like it was just so good, and so then I had to learn what it was because I'm like, I've got to figure out how to make steak like this. Like I want to learn to cook steak like this, and so I started looking up koji and I started, you know, doing the research and basically diving down the rabbit hole, full blowing JTM. You mate.
1: what? I know,
2: right? I know. Who would have thunk it? And so what I learned is that koji aged steak. It's like oh, it's in right. the name. Let's
1: go. Let's go back a bit. What is
2: koji? That's what I'm about to explain. Right. So, it's it's aging the steak using koji rice. So what K-O-J-I. is koji? Right. So, koji rice is a type of rice that has a food safe bacteria in it or mm-hmm. attached to it. That when you add liquid to it, it activates the bacteria, and the bacteria starts to break down, um, you know, complex proteins and carbohydrates. Is it a Japanese like rice? I believe it is because it's what they use. To, so they'll they'll put koji rice in a little bit of liquid and allow it to ferment, and that's what forms the basis of miso soup.
1: So, right? yeah, so miso yes.
2: sort of sauce and, and the base of soy sauce and so forth as yes. well. Right, But when you grind this koji rice up into a powder mm. and you coat, like you get a whole rib, ribeye, and you coat it on this ribeye, it the, the bacteria in it, it's food-safe bacteria, activates with the liquid in the meat, the natural juices of the meat. Mm. And then that... Bacteria goes and starts breaking down all of the connective tissue,
1: mm-hmm. right? Which is aging.
2: Which is aging and the aging process. And they say, like, I've read stuff online and I've not tried dry aging myself, so I can't, I'm i not an expert and, and able to comment. But what they do say is that in sort of 48 to 72 hours, depending on the size of the meat and how quickly it all activates, you can get the equivalent of about 45 days worth of dry aging. Yeah. Right. Debate rages hard on the internet on, on this sort of thing. Shock horror. But what I can tell you is in... Like for, for about a 1.1 to 1.2 kilo ribeye, mm. um, like whole ribeye, I found that about 55 hours is the sweet spot. Yeah. And so then what you do is once... So you you trim excess fat off, you coat it with this this koji rice powder, you then sit it on a rack in your fridge uncovered yeah. for 48 to 72 hours. Mm-hmm. Then pull off and you can see its age you can see it start to get darker and black spots and little hard spots and so you, you wash off all of the koji rice after this this period in the fridge you then cut off the little hardened black bits that have sort of hardened through why don't the you keep them on uh because well a it's just going to cook that and caramelize it and burn it right um these and these parts are like they've hardened they're not they're not tender they're not good like
1: Okay,
3: just,
2: just cut them off. Get rid of them.
1: I'm just right. asking this because yeah, no, no. there's people out there who have never seen it before.
2: It's it's purely like I mean, you could give it a crack if you wanted to, but I cut them off purely because I'm like, that's that's dead tissue. Like it's it's not connective tissue that's broken. Yeah, I know it's dead tissue. <laughs> she's looking at me weird, <laughs> but like, as in it's hardened, all the moisture's gone out of it. Right, yeah. it's not going to be pleasant, so yeah. I cut it off for that re- that primary reason. Yeah. right. But so you wash the coji off, you cut the little darker bits off, and everything like that, and then what I'll do is I'll give it a bit of a sprinkle with some truffle salt, mm-hmm. and then I'll cook it in...
1: I do need to say you need to just do it lightly.
2: Lightly, yeah. I, I have had a couple of where I've gone too hard on the truffle salt, and it's... And it
1: was a bit salty. It was a bit
2: much. It was a bit much. So, But you, you learn as you go, right? And so you, you give it a little sprinkle with your truffle salt, and it goes into a cast iron pan, mm-hmm. right? A little bit of oil, not too much, but into a cast iron pan and you're cooking it to that that borderline, like you're, you're flipping it over as well, like making sure you're cooking it all, all around, and you're getting it to that borderline where um, it's that sort of rare to medium rare. Yeah. We'll we'll pull it out at rare, I'll pull it out at rare, and I'll put it into another pan where I've had some truffle butter sitting there just melted, and I'll give it a truffle butter bath to finish, pull it out, slice it up, you rest it, but then you'll slice it up, serve it on a bit of mash with some minnoki mushrooms, whatever it is you want, incredible yeah but then we had a dinner party so i'd I'd got this down i'd served it four or five times for everyone and it was delicious it wasn't quite that that restaurant quality like at still of course because i'm not a professional chef but it was close enough that we were all like this is great Mm. we're loving it but then we had this dinner party and i went i had three rib fillet ribeye fillets that i had to uh do yes and i'm like this isn't this is going to be a mission so i Put it out on the smoker, but I opened up the flame grate so that it was direct heat as opposed to um, yeah. the the indirect and slow and slow. Stuck a temperature gauge in each of the ribeyes and I flame grilled them until an internal temperature of about forty three to forty five degrees.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Pulled them off, rested them, and then sliced and served. And holy hell, it was we were right back there in still water. Yeah, it was amazing. So that's how. Well, I've, I wouldn't know. Didn't you have some that night? There was plenty left over. I oh, know, because ah. you didn't have it at Stillwater. I
1: <laughs> now you're with us. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing goes over my head.
2: I am. Oh, catch it. I'm too fast <laughs> for it.
1: All right. So, now I now I want some steak.
2: I want some koji. I know the IGA has got special on rib, rib eye fillet, and we've still got some koji rice from the last one. <laughs> the only place I've found to get koji rice is to order it online. Like, there's, like, Organics Me or some website like that, and they get it to you. That stuff works. That's about 20 bucks for 400 grams. Right. But that's, yeah.
1: Well, I think we might have to cook some and then we'll...
2: We've got the photos from the dinner party. I was showing that to someone the other day and they're like, holy hell, I want some.
1: Well, then we'll just have to put some pictures up on Facebook to. to so yeah. that people can see what it looks but like. But Koji
2: aged steak, it's, oh, it's amazing.
1: It's amazing. It is. It's it going is. to change your life for the better.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's an orgasm in your mouth and only you're invited. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you around like Rissoles.